0: To brave the wild with me, your host, peldino Joey or Joey Owajin. Brave the wild is available on the stuff.com iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today. As we only have two games to review in the wild, end up getting a split, three out of four points. So that kind of is what it is. A uh, very impressive victory over the Winnipeg Jets on Jan the 13th, and then. I won't call it lackluster, kind of roller coaster in effort. I would say a roller coaster. You saw some nice surges, but freaking Markstrom was incredible in the game. Markstrom, who'd been kind of off and on all season, good, not so good. And then, of course, the backup, Nilsson, has been pretty bad, other than a really strong start at the beginning of the year, which shut out the Wild. But, of course, Markstrom just, man, stopping every little surge the Wild would have for the most part. I mean, the Wild would score two goals, but, man, there were some nice one timers, some breakaways, this and that, Spurgeon, stall. But let's talk about the Winnipeg game. There was a stage, a point in this game, where the Wild were outshooting the Winnipeg Jets. 26-6. to Or the 27-6. to I mean, regardless, very, very dominant by the Wild from the get-go. And it was a fun pleasure to watch. Saturday, the 13th of January, Minnesota 4, Winnipeg 1. As Winnipeg would drop into second place in the Central Division. It's been an ongoing battle between... St. Louis, Nashville and Winnipeg is there there's a hot streak, cold streak this and that Winnipeg had been playing well and of course all all four all three of them have been playing well, but an overall <sighs> dominant game by the Minnesota Wild and we'll take it anytime. Uh, Jason Zucker t- chance after chance after chance after chance in this game and then ultimately wound up getting rewarded with one goal. he would get another goal against Vancouver as well. Nice weekend for Jason Zucker. You're starting to see the guy we saw before, so it's definitely a shame to have the bye come. Hopefully it doesn't cool him off. It look like Jason Zucker's just starting to get hot again, and that's really cool. Uh, you got the Koivu-Granlin-Zucker line back together, and they're playing great. Uh, they're playing very well. Spurgeon and Suter would hook up with Mikhail Granlin early. Well, I guess you could say midway through the first period of the Wild were peppering the crap out of Hellebuck throughout the night. Incredible. Uh, 41 shots. On goal, uh, 37 saves, but I mean, I couldn't even imagine how many shots overall after all the blocks and stuff by Winnipeg, but great overall effort by the Minnesota Wild throughout the entire game. I mean, you can't really complain about anything in this one, other than a, it's a couple of bad passes by Dean, some turnovers, this and that, a couple of breakaways, but Devin Dubnik was lights out pretty much the entire night, other than Perrault's goal, as Peral would score on the power play. One of those things. I mean, a nice pass by Blake Wheeler, 39th assist on the season, as Wheeler's usually known as a winger, but he's been playing center of late, and he's definitely and doing a hell of a job. Uh, Blake Wheeler even joined in the Skull Chances. Of course, this is the day before Minnesota versus New Orleans in the Minneapolis Miracle. Check out Purple Mafia to talk about as we talk about that. 7th Heaven, Minneapolis Miracle, whichever you want to call it. But uh, it was nice to see Blake Wheeler even joining in the Skull Chant in a game that was already 4-1, to but Blake Wheeler still showing that he's from, you know, still showing some love for Minnesota, as obviously he is from here. And yeah, very cool to see uh, guys over there doing the skull chant. Of course, Wild.com also had several members of the Minnesota Wild doing a skull chant on the ice uh, at some point during the week. Very cool. Huh? <laughs> With the smiles on their face look like they're enjoying themselves very much. I like the smile on Chris Stewart's face, among many, many others out there, Jason Zucker and others. Jason Zucker's soon going to have the uh, the Raiders visiting his town, or no, not not visiting, but taking over. In that town, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders will be starting up in about two years with coach John Gruden, as long as he doesn't get fired before that. No, I don't think so. Now with a 10-year, $100 million contract. Uh, but yeah, Purple Mafia for that. Just an overall fun game. You saw that top line, second line. You know, it's debatable what's the top line or the second line, but the Koivu line, you could say Koivu, Granlin, Zucker line. You've had Stahl and Ennis and uh Stall and his Parisi playing together at times. Sometimes you see Niederreiter, but of course Niederreiter is not available right now, so Parisi moves up to play with Stall. Otherwise, you usually see Parisi with Coil and either Winnick or Felino. It's kind of an up-and-down thing with that. Sometimes Winnick and Felino are together. Sometimes Stewart's on the third line, Stewart's on the fourth line. So that's where you get interchangeable in the bottom six, this and that. But Parisi is obviously in the 9. He kind of moves around in the 9, so to speak, but generally from 1, to 3, unless you consider Stahl's line the second line, which I do not, because Derek Stahl is definitely a top-line center on this team, I would have to say. Uh, Matt Dumba would add two goals, some rifle shots. Charlie Coyle would have scoring chances throughout the night, but wound up with an assist, at least, on the Dumba goal. Uh, Matt Dumba, two goals in the game. Fun to watch overall, peppering Mr buck throughout the night uh, Dumba with that rifle shot felino with a magic Johnson like pass and this one wasn't luck this actually was skill as you remember earlier in the season I believe the pass ended up going to Zucker if I remember correctly I don't know if it was the power play or what it was I can't remember exactly this was like about two months ago or, or so where Felino it looked like a spectacular pass but it was just the puck bounced off his net off the backhand the puck just got away basically he lost he lost the puck he just mishandled it and it was a perfect pass pass by accident, but a nice one by Felino. This was literally between the legs behind the back to Dumba. It was Magic Johnson-esque. Spectacular. And Felino would get another one, and Coyle also getting a couple assists in this one on both the Matt Dumba's goals. They were about uh, six, seven minutes apart, which helped Barry the Winnipeg Jets. Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler and the Winnipeg Jets and a wonderful, wonderful game. Again, where you heard the skull chant as everyone's excited and we, jeez, some people thought it was going to be a comfortable win by the Vikings. Some people thought it was scary as hell. I'm always scared no matter what at this point and it was scary as hell as we all know and people going into the Vancouver game were witnessing the Minneapolis miracle after fearing a horrible, depressing defeat after giving up 17 points and losing the game, which is what Things which is where things were headed in that sense. But an overall very, very fun night against the Winnipeg Jets. The Wild, the effort, the just puck possession, put the puck on that. Puck possession, puck on that, and it was awesome. The Vancouver game was sporadic. Uh, there was puck possession, and there was no puck possession. Uh, the Wild started strong against, Winni- uh, against Vancouver, pardon me, and then things dropped considerably, and of course Markstrom was outstanding throughout the night. Winnipeg just kind of, I just called him Winnipeg again. Vancouver just kind of hung in there throughout the game. Anytime the Wild would have some kind of surge, Vancouver would match it, and they'd improve off of it for the most part. Uh, Jason Zucker, again, power play goal off of Koivu. A really nice one there, I would have to say. Koivu and Granlin, again, the same line working together, and you're starting to see that chemistry. You're starting to see scoring again. I mean, bottom line, they're putting pucks in the back of the net again, and that's great. Uh, Zucker, two goals in two nights, 17 on the season now, power play Jason Zucker trying to catch up to Eric Stahl where Zucker was leading the team in goals throughout the season for quite a while there and then he just completely stopped and now you're seeing him starting to resurge again. Uh, once Zucker got to about 14 goals, that was kind of it for the longest time. He threw in the 15 somewhere in the in there within about a month of drought there. Threw in one goal and then of course Zucker now two goals on the weekend and showing serious signs because he looked like he could have gotten three or four goals this weekend. I mean he had some spectacular chances. Markstrom and Hellebuck making some nice saves. Markstrom especially, though, throughout this game. Very disappointing at the end of the day, but glad the Wild at least got one point out of it. Louis Erickson was able to put one in past Dubnik late in the first period. This was disappointing. I was a little surprised to see Dubnik in the net both nights. Kind of surprising, but okay. But it's because he was so damn good against the... the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So it's kind of like, why not? Uh, Markstrom, the Wild only wound up with 23 shots on goal, but a lot of them were pretty damn good, I'd have to say. I mean, they were good shots. It's just the lack of shots is what was disappointing, because the puck was in the Wild zone a lot in that third period, and that's ultimately why the Wild lost this game, I'd have to say. Uh, Despite the fact the Wild were winning the game for a while, obviously, or at least tied with Vancouver throughout the second period. Some good chances here and there, Throughout the night for both teams, again more of a roller coaster type of a game in momentum. Uh, Daniel Winnick, uh, absolute spectacular bang bang play as the Wild would keep the puck in the Vancouver zone. Parisi would free it, which was again one of those things that doesn't show up on the stats sheet. But Parisi working hard, freeing the puck stall, just literally let go of the puck and it was released immediately by Winnick on a one timer, fifth goal of the season. That was a goals. That was a goal scoring play. Hardcore. I mean, it was fast. Bang, bang. I mean, it was like, wow. (laughs) It was a flash, literally like a... Flash of lightning. Spectacular. 19th assist for Eric Stahl. Fifth goal of the season for Daniel Winnick. Nice, it's interesting to see those guys all together. But I suppose that's how it goes when Nito Rider's out once again. As the lines shuffle around, you get some strange combinations, but sometimes things work, and it did. Daniel Winnick absolutely does possess a scoring ability in this league. It's just, you know, you don't notice it, you don't think about it much, but every now and then it, it works out, and Winnick often is, is left open, and he was left open on this play, so... Great. Uh, that was the last goal of the Wild to score in the game. Extremely disappointing in the final four minutes or so. Vancouver just keeping the puck in the zone, making some nice passes, some smart passes. Uh, Jonas Brodeen again giving up a play that was terrible earlier in the game. A little bit a terrible pass attempt to Matt Dumba that was picked off, but extremely nice poke check by. Devin Dubnik to save it there. Uh, Brodie did not have a good weekend, I would have to say. Lots of turnovers and out of position on occasion, but mostly the turnovers. He makes risky passes, and I still remember last year when Bruce, Bruce Boudreau was talking to him on the sideline, or talking to him on the bench there, and you could read his lips. he was be like, you better watch with those with those bleeping passes. He dropped the F-bomb because that's what Bruce Boudreau does. He wasn't necessarily trying to be mean, obviously. Just, hey, man, <laughs> so many times you see... Jonas Brodin makes centering-type passes that could get us killed. Uh, this one ended up being an odd-man rush, or pretty much just a breakaway. One-on-one with uh, Devin Dubnik, but Dubnik came out of the net, poked it away early, and that saved the day. Dubnik, awesome weekend. in, in Despite defeat in overtime, Brendan Sutter would ultimately bury that one, but of course uh, Thomas Vanek would end up <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, deflecting a nice shot by Sam Gagne. Putting the puck on net, I mean, that's what it's all about. As long as you can get it through a nice screen by Thomas Vanek, which ultimately touched him and went in past Devon Dubnik. No interference. None of that. Uh, so it was a good play by Thomas Vanek at the end of the day and heartbreaking and frustrating for us here in St. Paul or Minneapolis or wherever we're from, but in the Twin Cities a very frustrating uh, very frustrating finish there. Hate to see Thomas Vanek scores. We were all frustrated with him in the two years he was with the Wild. Playing a bit more of a Parisi role with Vancouver, which he did not play here. It seemed like he was staying back quite a bit. Um, Well, I mean, maybe Thomas Vanek should have been closer to the net more often with the Wild. And I don't know. I wish he was. But Vancouver's getting him to do it, I suppose. At least on this play, he was able to bury it. 13th goal of the season. Vanek is one of the leading scorers for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Louis Erickson, another one of those veteran guys. Former Dallas star, former Boston Bruin before that. uh, Erickson. A guy who's capable of scoring 30 goals, but quieted big time the last couple of years. Only 11 last year, and he's at 6 at this point this season. But he's still playing on the top line for the most part here. Uh, So it kind of is what it is there. Vanek and Gagne pretty much on the second line with the Vancouver Canucks. And then Sutter with a nice play, just a nice move. Nice to see Erickson get another assist, I suppose, for him. He had a multi-point game, as did Alexander Edler. In the overtime period, as the Wild would get some really nice attempts. Eric Stahl, breakaway Eric Stahl, one-timer Jason Sucker, nice attempts. Spurgeon, awesome one-timer that would not get past Rick and Markstrom. And the next thing you know, the pucks go in the other direction. Brandon Sutter kind of one-on-one with uh Devin Dubnik. Kind of turns to the side, releases very quickly. Third goal of the season for Brandon Sutter would end up being the winner. Unfortunately, in overtime, the Vancouver Canucks would steal this one. Uh, Vancouver, about three games under 500, which in the NHL these days is terrible. Uh, Back in the old days, you could have a losing record and be in second place in your division, which is pretty crazy when you sit down and think about that. But um, nowadays, if you're even a little bit below 500, you're pretty much a terrible team in this league, uh, for the most part, in terms of making the postseason. Vancouver's kind of hanging around, sort of, kind of, sort of. They're a long ways from the playoffs, but I suppose they're not necessarily terrible if they are near 500. so they do win games on occasion, and Markstrom will put in a nice one once in a while when, generally speaking, he hasn't been that great, but an awesome game for Markstrom, I would have to say, at the end of the day. Even though he didn't face that many shots, they were pretty good shots. They were pretty good attempts in this game, so that's where I give the Wild some credit that these were actually legitimate scoring chances. Again, Vancouver's defense is not that great, so that's part of it, but still... Good effort in that sense, at least. Just wish the puck, could, the Wild could have the puck a little more. And geez, then they could generate more and more of those good scoring chances. Maybe we would have won this one 4-2. to two. Who knows? But it is what it is. The Wild lose. They take a point out of it. And, well, just two games to review this week. Three games to preview. All Eastern Conference teams starting with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ouch. Segment number two. Let's pass out the awards for this show first, though. The Mike Madonna Award for this episode is Jason Zucker. Awesome weekend, really strong, really <laughs> back at it again. You're seeing the Jason Zucker we saw early in the season when he looked like a 35-40 goal scorer for the Wild. It looked like he was heading in that direction, but then naturally here comes the drought and it just did not go away. But now we're starting to see Zucker again. You hope and pray that yes. <laughs> he can keep it going because that looked really nice. Uh, after five days off, though, who knows what's going to happen? Or is it? Yeah, five days off. That's a long time. Very long bye. The James Shepard Memorial's got to be Brodeen. Some terrible turnovers, and he was a bit out of position at times. He did not have a good weekend last weekend. Hopefully, the Wild and Brodeen can get things a little bit more uh, going here. Playing against Tampa Bay, I'm not sure what to say, but you're going to need Jason Zucker to do something against those Tabba Bay Lightning. So that's the hope there. And Mikhail Granland, ultimately, again. He wound up with assists in the game, but not with not with a goal in this one. Yeah, that goal was scored against Winnipeg instead. They always picked Granlund to score against Vancouver because of that hat trick last year. How fun was that? So we'll wrap things up for this segment. Come back for segment number two. We're going to preview three games and catch up on those prospects. Kind of a fun week for some of those guys. <laughs> Save the Wild, segment number 2 going to preview three games against Tampa, Ottawa, and Pittsburgh. The first two at home, and then off to Pittsburgh we go. Where we've, the Wild have had some pretty incredible success the last several years against the Pittsburgh Penguins, with a couple of hiccups here and there, but uh, pretty good. Uh, we wrap up the month of January, only four games remaining. We're on the 20th, and only four games remaining in the final 10 days, 11 days actually, because there's the 31st of the month, all against Eastern Conference teams. Interesting. So a four-day break after the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Wild will head to Columbus, Ohio huh, very light schedule this month, extremely light schedule this month, at least, yeah, after the first week and a half or so, where the Wild played five games in a, in a pretty short stretch there, in about eight days, pretty busy there, but, well, let's just keep moving here, the 20th of January, the Minnesota Wild hosts the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team in the league in several statistics, or top five, top whatever, they're top is in goals, fourth in goals against, third on the power play, 21st in penalty kill, so okay, hopefully the Wild can get on the power play, there's a chance then, especially at home where the Wild success rate is significantly better than on the road most of the season, Nikita Kucherov, one of the best scorers in the league, Steven Stamkos, definitely nice year, also Kucherov with 61 points, Stamkos with 53 points, uh, even Braden Point in third place, 40 points, that's ahead of every single player on the Minnesota Wild roster, Andre Vasovesky, six shutouts on the season. That is uh, crazy. Uh, Interesting to see the Boston Bruins really surging up this season as they've really, really come around since last year. Boston Bruins actually missed the playoffs last year as they were hanging around in the hunt all the way to the final week of the season ultimately missing the playoffs. Vasilevsky, 2.23 goals against average. Again, you continue to see why Ben Bishop is no longer on the Tampa Bay Lightning as how mediocre the Lightning were last year with Ben Bishop in the net most of the time. Veselovsky was excellent. Of course, uh, Ben Bishop missed some significant time. Veselovsky was so good last year, or shall we just call him Andre V, since if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, uh, that things will... <clears throat> they were so impressed with him, and uh, obviously he was a prospect in their system anyway, and definitely emerged victorious in a huge way. Crazy things to talk about here when you think about the Lightning. They've lost three yeah, of their last four, so interesting. Uh, they Furthest back one, 6-3 to three loss to Ottawa. Huh, it was on the road. 5-1 to one to Calgary. That was a butt-kicking, as the Flames have been awesome the past two weeks or so. About an eight-game win streak now for the Calgary Flames. The Vegas Golden Knights, they continue. They continue to step up and show what, the, what they can do. And those are the two best teams in the Pacific Division right now, to be quite honest. Vegas Golden Knights and Calgary Flames. Yes, the Calgary Flames. 5-1 to one in Tampa Bay. 4-1 to one in Tampa Bay in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. So, Carolina running into, excuse me, the Carolina uh, is Carolina's there too, <laughs> Detroit and Carolina. Uh, Tampa Bay was able to score five goals in both of those games, 5-2 to two over Detroit, 5-4 to four over Carolina. So those are the two wins for Tampa Bay recently. But uh, wow, um, Calgary and Vegas, pretty impressive. Uh, hopefully the Wild can get the job done. Now on the road, the Wild at home, of course, this is a road game for Tampa Bay is what I'm trying to say uh can the wild win this game? I guess Tebu Bay's running into some trouble. uh Tampa Bay beat the wild earlier this season. a pretty well played game by the wild, but Vasilevsky was what he was outstanding throughout the night. Che Bay or Minnesota showed up to play, but Tembe Bay just the better team. It's just kind of what it was. It was a three nothing game. It was zero zero for the longest time. Stalock was very good in net or was it dubnik uh three to zero. Ultimately for Tampa, as they were able to pull away Tyler Johnson with Minnesota ties, able to get one of those goals, the second goal of the game, unfortunately for the Wild. A shutout, and again, the season series wraps up tonight in XL Energy Center. Can the Wild get a split with Tampa Bay? I think they can, but if you're going to lose a game this week, this is the one, (laughs) unfortunately, because most teams lose to Tampa Bay. I want to pick a win, but I probably can't because Tampa Bay is just that good right now. Uh, the Wild have been playing significantly better. I would not be surprised to see Minnesota beat Ottawa or Pittsburgh. It's kind of between this one and Pittsburgh. and I like the Wild's success rate against Pittsburgh the last four or five years, and Pittsburgh has not been playing well. Tampa Bay, down a downtrend. I mean, if the Wild come out of this 3-0, and that would be spectacular. It's possible, but unlikely. I, I think the Wild are going to have a 2-1 week, though, they will not win this game, unfortunately, is my guess. I'm expecting a 3-2 to two type of game. Devin dubnik Vasilevsky, very strong throughout the night. Dubnik, though, uh, will get beat three times as ultimately Tampa Bay gets the job done. Maybe even go to overtime if the Wild could pull out a point in this game. That'd be pretty cool. But these scores, I think there's just too much talent on this Tampa Bay roster. I mean, you go down, 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 all the way to Andrzej Palat, and he's got 30 points. He's the seventh, or is it the eighth leading scorer? Eighth leading scorer on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's insane. The eighth leading scorer on the Tampa Bay Lightning, third line center. He's got 30 points for the <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. Boy, wouldn't be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to see Charlie Coyle with 30 points right now? That's just not what's happening. And of course, Coyle missing time with injury, and he has had a nice season in comparison to other years in the past. I think he's putting points on the board, getting assists. But Tampa Bay, just a great team, a really well put together team. Uh, Chris Kunitz, the former Pittsburgh Penguin. Had some success there. He was one of those undrafted guys who really emerged nicely. But then, now, it's just he's dropping off and he's less and less necessary. Pretty much fourth line for the Tampa Bay Lightning, unfortunately for him. But hey, he's on a great team and I'm sure he's enjoying himself, at least in that sense. Because winning cures all, right? Chris Kunitz, a member of those Stanley Cup games at Pittsburgh, at least one of them, a couple years back. Uh, Kucherov again, boy, just outstanding. 27 goals on the season. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild against the Tampa Bay Lightning? I'm going to say Eric Stahl. Um, He knows them well, obviously. He knows the Eastern Conference well in general. I like Eric Stahl against Florida teams for some reason. uh, And, you know, it doesn't surprise me that I would think that way. Either... Either Eric Stall or Jason Zucker—I gotta say—those are the two most likely guys to score against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Lightning win this one three to two. Hopefully the Wild can squeak out a point, but not counting on that happening. Maybe it ends up being four to two with an empty netter by who knows? Maybe Tyler Johnson or Kucherov or Stamkos, somebody like that, putting one into the empty net, making it a four to two victory in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning so we continue, Monday the 22nd the Minnesota Wild will host the Ottawa Senators and I've liked the Wild success rate against this team over the last few years, Ottawa went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, I think Tampa Bay is minimum going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year they'll replace Ottawa in that sense, Ottawa missed the playoffs, is going to miss the playoffs this year, and Tampa Bay did miss the playoffs last year, that type of thing um, boy, what a difference the year makes uh, Craig Anderson was so good, and this year, he's not been good. Struggling big time. 3.21 goals against average. He has managed a couple of shutouts, but things not going well. Mike Condon even worse. Goals against about 3.5, and he's 3-5 and on the season. No shutouts, of course. Save percentages under 90, or right at 90, in the case of Craig Anderson. Um, Mark Stone's had a nice season, 42 points. He's been good. And Eric Carlson, well, he's not putting the puck in the net, but he's helping others do it. Obviously, the best defense in the NHL overall, you got to say. His defense and, of course, capabilities of setting up others. 27 assists. Normally, you'd see about 9 or 10 goals from Carlson by now, and that's one of the reasons why things aren't going so hot for the uh, Ottawa Senators. One, one of the reasons. A lot of guys just aren't scoring. Uh, it's not the particularly high-scoring type of team. You have Dean Vanouf, who's kind of always been a strange personality, and he's really dropped off over the years. He's getting older, and he's not the same guy anymore. You barely even know he exists. I mean, I almost forgot about him. Literally, uh, 13 points in 41 games for him. Matt Duchesne, that, is, that trade has not worked out at all for the Ottawa Senators, at least not right now. Uh, he's missed time, and the time he's been there, he's got 13 points in only 29 games. Just not what the Ottawa Senators were hoping. Uh, tourists definitely the better player out of the two at this moment but again you get other pieces involved in the trade guys like Johnny Aduya, he's just way past his prime way up there in years obviously more of a stay-at-home type of guy but he's not been the same player for the Ottawa Senators as he was for uh, Dallas and Chicago years ago It's not a team that scares you a whole lot. Uh, The guy that always seems to score against Minnesota is Mike Hoffman. Every single time the Wild play against the Ottawa Senators, Mike Hoffman finds the bottom of the net, and he will again. Uh, Most likely guy to score in this one. We'll go with Dumba. I always like what Dumba does against Ottawa, but also don't be surprised to see somebody like a Granlin put one in the bottom of the net. But I'll go with Dumba for this. Minnesota's going to win this one. Final score. 4-1, 4-2, Four to one, four to two, something like that. Four to one, four to two, I think, without the empty netter. They'll just win it four to one, four to two, something like that. Dumba will score, and I do expect Mike Mike Hoffman to score, and it'll be surprised to see Carlson get his fourth goal of the year, just because that's how it goes. Uh, surprisingly, though, Ottawa three out of their last uh, five, so not bad, but including an eight to two loss against Chicago at home. Ouch in Ottawa. Ouch. But again, the win over Tampa, win over San Jose, win over Toronto. Those are some pretty big wins there. And then most recently, 4-1 loss against the St. Louis Blues at uh, at home for Ottawa Senators. Uh, the Senators will host the Toronto Maple Leafs Utah heading to Minnesota. They will host the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, as the Wild will also host the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Minnesota wins 4-2, so we move on again. As quick as humanly possible, or as much as I'd like to do that. The Pittsburgh Penguins, oh boy. Yeah, well, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, top power play in the league, 10th in the penalty kill. Ottawa was in the low 20s and just about, or the upper 20s, pardon me, in about every category. So awful season for the Ottawa Senators. Where the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have struggled during this season is, is uh, goaltending in a big way and penalty minutes. They've really, really been uh, struggling throughout the season in that case. But I suppose, actually, no. It's a lack of penalty minutes, so that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm looking at it the wrong way. My apology. Um, Tristan Jari has been okay. He's been the main guy in net of, of late At uh, times. He's, he's had, as Matt Murray's, have been struggling. He's missed some games. And, yeah, Tristan Jari, even anti the He's been in net a couple nights. Boy, Anthony, I mean He just goes all over the league, and his goals against average is putrid. 7.5 in three games with the Penguins all losses. All recorded as losses. Uh, Jerry's been respectable in the time he's been out there. Tristan Jari, uh 2.44 goals against average. Two shutouts in that time in the 16 games he started for the Penguins. Matt Murray in the 28 games he started. As he's been pulled three times this season. Almost three goals against for the year. Save percentage just above 90. So Jerry's been the better guy of late. And of course, Andre Fleury's been outstanding for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, who saw that? I mean, Matt Murray, who helped the Penguins win two Stanley Cups and was phenomenal, especially in the first one. And Marc-Andre Fleury, who was terrible for the Penguins for a long time, he'd always let them down in the playoffs, and he was mediocre during the regular season, goes to Vegas. He's just incredible in the time he's in there. Of course, he missed a significant amount of time with uh, Mr. Sapan's younger brother, Malcolm Sapan, in that, and doing a damn good job for the Vegas Golden Knights, except in Energy Center which we appreciate very much. He did not have a particularly good game that night, but he has been really, really strong for the Vegas Golden Knights, who are just continuing to rock and roll in that Western Conference. Penguins-Knights, Stanley Cup Finals, baby. No, I I don't think Pittsburgh's going to three-peat. I I picked it at the beginning of the year. Edmonton and Pittsburgh, I thought, or maybe a changing of the guard where Edmonton would take it away. Pittsburgh is probably going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to do much. And if they do, I'd be kind of annoyed. I'm tired of Pittsburgh. As for the Edmonton Oilers, forget it, you know, for, for, forget about it, I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights and Edmonton, basically, my expectations coming into the season, just turn that thing around, and there it is, I mean, I, I thought Edmonton was going to be first place in the in the West, or at least second, second seed, whatever it is, and Vegas would be down there, you know, just okay, you know, oh, just some okay games here and there, but generally speaking, not a playoff team, but wow, Golden Knights, I mean, they deserve a ton of respect. They they really, really do. Uh, Metropolitan Division has been very strong throughout the years. Even Carolina, who's in last place, is three games above five hundred. I mean, you look back at old NHL standings and you see second place teams that are seven, eight games under five hundred, maybe even eleven games under five hundred, second place. And then you look at these standings and you see Carolina three games above five hundred, and they're in last. I mean, <laughs> Carolina would be definitely a playoff team back in the old days, easily. Uh, the New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, all playoff teams, there they would be. Now, I guess not. Uh, Pittsburgh is just hanging by a tendon right now, literally. Rangers, same thing, but then you get Columbus. So it's definitely a logjam there. They're a division leader, only, only two points above the Pittsburgh Penguins. So things can change very quickly. As we all know, things can change very quickly. But then again, if you have a 7-8 point deficit, it's hard to catch up because teams tend to parallel each other in that situation. Let's get to the point here. My God, I'm going all over the place, but I enjoy talking about hockey. and I enjoy talking about just looking at the whole situation throughout the league. Phil Kessel is leading the club in scoring. A guy who definitely had chemistry issues in Toronto and Boston over the years. Worked out nicely in Pittsburgh over uh, this season, or over the last three anyway. Uh, Jake Gunsel, well, he started really strong. He's not been as good. He's definitely been in a drought a bit. He does have 14 goals in the year, though, to be fair. 24 total points. He's extremely young, so he's got his whole career ahead of him. And, of course, i got to think he's been shuffled in the lines a bit. Uh, Sidney Crosby, and, of course, again, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be the recipient of every pass either when you have guys like Crosby, Malkin, Kessel on this roster. Kessel's been outstanding. He's even been on the third line in the past. Just he's been unbelievable, one of the best players in the league the past two or three seasons here. Sidney Crosby looked on as the top player in the NHL still to this day, 50 points on the year. Kessel, 54, 21 goals to go with that. Malkin, also 21 goals, tied with Kessel for the team lead. 49 points there, and then you drop off to Holmquist Letang, who obviously is one of the top defensemen on the planet. Him missing time last year hurt the Penguins, but not enough. They ended up winning it all anyway. So, yeah, (laughs) that just kind of was the case there. But certainly a drop-off. You're still seeing the scoring, but the goaltending is not what it was. That's why Pittsburgh has not been the same. But they have won four out of their last five, and like I just mentioned, they are breathing down the neck of teams like Columbus and such, so it's going to be very interesting to see how things change the next month or so with Pittsburgh, as they are starting to wake up a little bit, they're starting to, the blood's starting to flow again, the electricity is starting to go through the, the layers here with the Pittsburgh Penguins, four of their last five, only a 5-3 loss to Anaheim on the road, on the first of a back-to-back 3-1 to one victory the next night over the Kings, Love Los Angeles uh, six to five over Boston, four to one over Detroit, and five to two over the New York Rangers, who've definitely been a playoff nemesis over the years. But Pittsburgh has definitely owned them for pretty much forever, for the most part. <laughs> um, I've liked the Wild success against this team, even when Pittsburgh is the best team on the planet. For some strange reason, the Wild always play well against this team, and Bruce Boudreaux's record against Pittsburgh has been really good as well. So I'm going to pick a win, and again. It's going to be a higher scoring type of thing. Like 5-3, to three, I think Minnesota will win the game. I expect some type of a multi-goal game from Jason Zucker. I have a feeling it's going to be something like that. Zucker's going to have multiple goals in this game. We'll go with two two goals for Jason Zucker. The Wild win 5-3. to three. Uh, Eric Stahl possibly... Jumping in, Mikhail Granlin, maybe Koivu Parisi scores his first goal of the season. I'm going to pick Zach Parisi to score his first goal of the season against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but uh, Zucker's going to have a multi-goal game against the Penguins. I just got that feeling in the back of my mind. So that's the case. 5-3 to three win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Minnesota winds up 2-1 and one over the course of the week, as you're going to see improved play continue this week. So now let's check into those prospects. And as always, we open things with the Iowa Wild. Sam Manos continuing to lead the club in scoring. He had a point streak end last night, unfortunately. Another six-game point streak for Sam Manos. He's been outstanding for the Iowa Wild as he continues to emerge. A lot of people hoping that he will get a crack at the NHL at some point this season. But at this stage, I think somebody else would have to have gotten hurt. Uh Manos, a right winger in the NHL level or at any level <laughs> he would be a right winger so at this point was, well let's just try not to think of people getting hurt at the nhl roster but one of these days i think Samonas will skate for the wild justin Kluse. don't be surprised to see him as the fourth line center for the wild he's been centering a line with Salmonas and gerald mayhew who's kind of like a fan favorite type of guy nothing spectacular 24 years old out of out of one duck michigan kind of an entertaining personality not really the big scorer, kind of just uh, the, the worker to go along with the higher scoring, Justin Kluse and Sam Manos. but it's a fun line. He's like the Daniel Winnick, I guess you could say, in that sense. Uh, 30 points for Justin Kluse up there again. Kyle Row continuing to do a solid job as well. Left, uh, left winger for Iowa. 21 points on the season. Zach Mitchell starting to score again as he'd been quiet in his return to Iowa but he's starting to kind of get back in the swing of things there. The right winger, Zach Mitchell, who can play center as well. Center and right wing, 19 points in the 18 games he's played down there, as he's definitely emerged nicely. Ryan Murphy adding a couple assists the past week, 17 goal uh, points on the season, 16 of those assists. Uh, Brendan Menel added his fifth goal, and he also had an assist in a previous game, 16 points on the year, but the goal, the fifth goal of the season, that was some nice little skill by Brendan Menel kind of making a move and kind of doing the little Brett Hall type of a fall-down release on the play. If you remember how Brett Hall would do that, how he'd literally go down in his release on a very strong wrister shot, and he finished against the Chicago Wolves. That was a really nice shot. Fifth goal of the season, 16 points total. Like the guy's future, he does remind me of Jared Spurgeon a bit. He does. Uh, Mario Lucia also helped assist. He had a helper on uh, Pablo Jennings. Genies, Pavel Genis now is now a member of the Iowa Wild as he has moved up the ranks. Pavel Genis is now up the ranks, and I'm now pre- pre- pronouncing it correctly. Uh, he goes up from the ECHL to the Iowa Wild, back to the AHL as he had a cup of coffee with the AHL about two years ago. Did not have the best run. Went down to the ECHL, struggled last year. Started much stronger this year and continued to get better and better and better. Even had a nice little point streak for the uh, ECHL's Rapid City Rush, who have not been having the best season. Pavel Ginis definitely emerging nicely, as he did score a goal on the assist from Mario Lucia, the third line there, you could say, for the Iowa Wild. Very strong performance, though. Uh, nice to see Pavel Ginis getting going right away there for Iowa. He's still 21 years old from the Czech Republic, and yeah, he's, he's got a chance. Uh, Pavel Bunet definitely talked about him not too long ago in our most recent conversation. We had a pleasant conversation about Pablo Genius as uh, he felt bad thinking that, yeah, he's stuck in the ECHL. He's going to have a hard time making it to the NHL. And now, maybe. Maybe. Uh, pretty much ever since that conversation, Pavel Genius emerged. Who knows? Maybe he listened to this show. I mean, who knows? I, I, I doubt it. But I don't know. Maybe. Uh, another guy that struggled, who was a late-round pick a few years back, is Chase Lang. He struggled big time for the Iowa Wild. Only two assists in the 20 games he's been out there. Fourth-line right-winger for Iowa. That's pretty much what he's been relegated to. He's now in the ECHL, and he's doing okay in minimal amount of time. He's, we'll cut back to that in a second. That we can jump into that right now. Uh, he's, he's at three points for the Rapid City Rush, so he's doing a little better. He's already scoring more for that team. So, two goals and one assist. He started strong with the ECHL's uh, Rapid City Rush, but since then, kind of in and out. Uh, he's been quiet most of the time, but putting some shots on that, so at least he's doing something. He's trying to generate something, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Chase Lang, sixth-round pick in 2014, so he's still, you know, got some time. He's also 21 years old, a la Pavel Janis. So some of those late-round picks, uh, you really like what uh, Doug Riseborough could do with these late-round picks, as some of them have been very interesting over the years. Uh, Luke Cunning, again, no points this past week. He's he's just not not generating a whole lot of offense. He had to, he had a nice run for a little while as he's up to 12 points on the season total. But the past couple weeks here, nothing. And that's unfortunate. Uh, Lucia's at 13 points on the season. And he did get his 7th assist on Mr. Uh, Genius' goal there. So now, we're going to look at some of the others. Oh, quickly, uh, nice goal by, uh, <laughs> by Nick Sealer. His first goal in the professional level. Of course, he was a collegiate player, but now he got his first goal. He's at 8 points on the season. That was actually a pretty good, powerful shot. I liked what I saw in Nick Seeler. Uh, Mr. Susie also adding his 6th assist and his 7th point of the season last night. It's Carson Susie now, 7 points on the season as he continues to he's getting something done offensively, generally more of a stay-at-home, powerful left shot defenseman for the Iowa Wild. It's hopefully someday again left shot defenseman for the Minnesota Wild. As now we like to bounce into some of the other prospects, either European and, and others. Ivan Lodnia had a point streak that was going on forever. He's quieted down a bit, unfortunately, but it's just for a short time. He had some big games late last week, though, since this last show. But just recently, the last two games for the Erie Otters, they were shut out last night. Uh, 50 points for Lodnia, 31 of those assists, 19 goals for Lodnia. The most recent draft pick. Uh, Nick Swaney, unfortunately, who's been fantastic uh, for the Duluth Bulldogs. He's missed the past couple of weeks with the undisclosed injury so whatever that means uh 12 points stuck at 12 points in the 15 games he's been out there again pretty good start to his collegiate career with the bulldogs and a team that's not been doing so hot unfortunately uh, can't imagine that's helped the uh, bulldogs missing out on a uh, swaney the right winger there nick swaney out of lakeville minnesota really liked what he's done for the bulldogs so far Andrey Svetlikov, the other, uh, the third Russian in, uh, in a row in the draft <laughs> the past three years. 17 points in 36 games for CSK Moscow. Check in on Dmitry Sokolov again, who's now on the Barry Colts, no longer on the Sudbury Wolves. He was moved away, and he's been getting two points in every single game so far for the Barry Colts. He even added a three-point game. He's now at eight in five games. Eight points in five games with Barry Colts. And overall, 46 points in 40 games at the uh, at the OHL level so far this season. He is now emerging nicely. As he was struggling a bit, as Sudbury just struggles in general. He's putting in more of a playmaking game now than he had before. Still scoring at a super high clip, but over the last couple of years there, it was like he would get like 50 goals and 12 assists. I mean, that's way too one-sided. So he's adding a bit more of a team game and continuing to score now as he's continuing to adjust and get better, adjust his game a little bit and improve. Greenway, Jordan Greenway of Boston University, a guy guy a lot of people like here in the wild system overall for Boston University, added his 11th assist last night he's now on 19 points on the season for a Boston University team that is also struggling a bit Uh, so Jack Sadick not registering any points on the season uh, last night as the uh, Gophers played Michigan State, barely beat them Sadick still at 7 points in 27 games now for the Golden Gophers, the only Golden Gopher in the wild system at this stage, Belpedio of Miami University, don't believe he played, yep, he's at 20 points in 22 games, Belpedio continuing to really stand up, but uh, nope, the uh, Miami University did not play last night, but 20 points in 22 games, Belpedio, top scoring defenseman, right shot defenseman, for the uh, Miami Redhawks, boy, Miami of Ohio anyway, Redhawks, as he continues to show what he can do, Avery Peterson hasn't scored or registered an assist in I don't know how long, so I don't know he's definitely dropped off, and he's in his senior year for the Duluth Bulldogs so, that's pretty much I gotta say, most of the guys in the system that you might want to really talk about at this point, Jacob Golden at five assists so far for the London Knights, did not add another one to this past week other than that, uh, Brandon Duhame did the. I believe he got an assist recently. He's now at 16. Yeah, 16 points in the season for Providence. Five goals, 11 assists for Providence College. The left wing forward. Yep, yep. He would be a left wing, of course, in the Wild system later on. As right now, he's in his sophomore year for Providence. Again, national champions about three, four years ago. Three years ago in the in the NCAA. So. That pretty much should wrap up the look at the prospects. Now I'm going to encourage you to join the Twitter account at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. I want to thank Hockey Podcasts for always retweeting the show and sharing it out there. Thank you very much, Vince Germano, also out of Australia, retweeting the show. Thank you guys very much for helping other listeners find this this show. Facebook. Well, start off with. Uh, the Brave the Wild Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like, join the page, and jump into the conversation. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, going to give a shout out to another page that I'm an admin for, of course, Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players, Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players. They cover everything from Gerald Mayhu? no, maybe not quite at that level, but because he's probably not going to be in the NHL, but we'll say Mario Lucia, Pavel Genis, uh, all the way up to Eric Stahl, if you get the idea. All the prospects, all the way up to the top line of the Minnesota Wild. Anything involving the Minnesota Wild, guys that have a future with the team and guys that are already on the team, co- fun conversation on that page. Good coverage by Pavel Bunet and Merrick Skyba. Thank you again very much guys for having me as an admin on the Facebook page. Of course, they have an actual web page, mnwplayers.com. Um, so again, thank you. Please give that a like, if you could, on Facebook. Please give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. And when I do see it, I will mention you on air and give you a big, giant thank you very much, so you will hear your name on air. Also, you can get on the show with an audio submission or a call-in. We'll start off with the phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is, of course, the Brave the Wild podcast, or Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, leave, leave your name in town like I'm Jack from from Des Moines, Iowa, you know, or Ames, Iowa, or... Minneapolis, Minnesota, Golden Valley, Minnesota, whatever it is. It's just, you know, it's just nice to know who you are, where you're from. No one's going to stalk you. There's no reason to, and there's no way to anyway, So if somebody was that crazy. So, yeah, just uh, join in the conversation. The other way to get in, of course, the call now button on the Facebook page. It goes to the same phone number through Facebook Messenger, which is, of course, free, regardless where you're from in the whole planet. As long as you have some type of internet connection, you'll be fine. Ready to rock and roll there. And then, the final way to get on board that way is audio submission. The audio submission route, where you use the free voice recorder on your application, you know, the free voice recording application on your smart device is what I'm trying to say. Treat it like a phone call, save it, and email it to paladino.live.com, paladino.live at yahoo.com All this information will be in the show description, and that way you can use it to copy and paste and send it to me, and then I will converted into an mp3 file if need be on zamzar.com and rock and roll so there it is that should pretty much wrap things up here want to thank all of you for listening please do tell your friends about the show if you could thank you again for joining and we will hope for a winning record this week i think the wild can get this done i like the way the wild have been playing the last few games just unfortunate things slipped away from us late against vancouver that was really frustrating, but luckily the Wild at least got a point out of it at the very least. Gotta get what you can, right? Uh, Hopefully the prospects continue to emerge nicely as some of them really have been coming around while others continue to struggle or have quieted of late. So with that we'll bid adieu and we'll talk to you again next week.